The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on a rainy, cloudy Tuesday afternoon here in the Auburn Opelika area. Tuesday, May 23rd, 2023. This is On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Hope you're all doing well. Lots to talk about today. I will give you some updates from the SEC baseball tournament that, believe it or not, knock on wood, is happening as of right now. Alan Hoover and so uh, maybe the rain will hold off and Auburn can play their late late game tonight up there in Hoover yeah and everybody's favorite uh, villain is currently losing yes they I are has South Carolina defeated Georgia this morning nine what to nine nothing. to zero nine yeah. to nothing they need and we were talking we were talking about that before we came on South Carolina desperately needed that uh, they have they just have slipped off after Auburn uh, took two out of three at South Carolina we so we've seen South Carolina fall from number two in the polls to out of some of the top twenty-five mm-hmm. since then. Yeah, so they get a win over Georgia in their single elimination game. You've got Texas A&M and Tennessee going on right now. Uh, A&M up two to nothing in the bottom of the fifth. Tennessee, the home team, so they are batting right now. You got another game coming on after this, and then Auburn plays later tonight against Missouri. And so uh, we will update you on this game as it goes, and hopefully no weather delays happen up there in Hoover, and hopefully. Auburn can play their first game of the SEC tournament in a single elimination game against Missouri, a team that they are very, very familiar with as they just swept them at home this weekend. Yeah, I I now see, pulling up South Carolina's schedule, how they did what they did. Starting with the Auburn series, they finished SEC play 3-9. Jeez, I I knew it was bad. I didn't know it was that bad. Actually, 3-9 with a pair of midweek losses to North Florida and Charlotte. Jeez, so they just really fell off after yeah. after Auburn took two of three, but should have swept them. And so with that being said, have a, uh, a good interview that I had the chance to sit down and talk with Auburn outfielder Justin Kirby, uh, who normally joins Bill and Dan on the drive every Monday at 530 for Tiger Takes, which is brought to you by Alsobrook Law Group. Uh, I sat down with him uh, on Monday morning as they were heading up to Hoover yesterday afternoon, so he was not able to join Bill and Dan live. I had the chance to sit down and talk to him uh, about what the season meant to this team, what it meant to him, uh, what the atmosphere has been like at Plainsman Park, and expectations for the SEC tournament in Hoover this week, and what it would mean for Auburn to host yet again another regional. So uh, it's a really good interview. It plays right into what's happening tonight for Auburn baseball, taking on Missouri in the SEC tournament. This is me sitting down with Auburn outfielder Justin Kirby. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you so much. 
That is Justin Kirby, the Auburn University outfielder, joining us for Tiger Takes here on ESPN 106.7. Tiger Takes are brought to you by uh, Alsterbrook Law Group each Monday at 5.30 right here on The Drive on ESPN 106.7. On the web at alsolaw.com. We thank Alsterbrook Law Group for their support of Tiger Takes here on The Drive. And so Justin Kirby, Auburn baseball outfielder. Again, he joins Bill and Dan over on the drive uh, from 4 to 6 right here on ESPN 106.7. Every Monday at 5.30, uh, all baseball season long. And I sat down with him uh, yesterday to uh, record that. They were on the bus yesterday afternoon, so he wasn't able to join them live. But I was able to talk to him, and uh, he just sounded he just sounded really, really excited about what this team is for Auburn baseball, what they are and what they're doing and. As they get into Hoover, uh, they play Missouri tonight, and if they can make some noise up there in the SEC tournament, maybe come home and host a regional at Plainsman Park with the Eagle Flight, and you can hear uh, just how cool it was for him and everybody else involved. And so Justin Kirby, Auburn baseball outfielder, we appreciate him sitting down yesterday for Tiger Takes, again, every Monday at 5.30 on The Drive, brought to you by Also Brook Law Group. When we come back, we'll talk about the SEC baseball tournament and what Auburn has to do to make some noise in Hoover. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. All right, back inside the studio here at ESPN 1067 for the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Again, thanks to Justin Kirby sitting down with me yesterday, Auburn baseball's outfielder, talking about and really recapping the regular season for Auburn baseball, previewing the SEC tournament, which is going on in Hoover right now. Uh, You had South Carolina defeat Georgia in game one, nine to zero. And you also have uh, Texas A&M on top of Tennessee, three to nothing right now in the second game of the day in the bottom half of the sixth inning. And we get into our question of the day here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. We'd love to hear from you and your thoughts and responses to this. 334-321-1390, that number again, 334-321-1390. Call in and you can be on the line. Uh, the question of the day to you, Carter, Auburn is in the SEC tournament. They're the five seed yep. taking on Missouri today. We continue to talk about how they're the hottest team in the country. They are squarely in the conversation to to host a regional. How far does Auburn have to go this week to host a regional in your mind? I think there are, there are two kind of ways to look at this, uh, really. There is one camp that I think if you looked at the the people at D1Baseball.com, Auburn's already locked in. They have Auburn as the 12th seed as a regional host. Um, they've got them comfortably as a host. So if you lose today, I don't think you fall out of the top 16. I don't think a loss to Missouri, who you just beat three straight games, I don't think that's enough in a neutral site game to drop you out of the top 16. If you win, then that's another conference win, and your games after this um, would be against some combination, I believe, and I'm going to pull it up just to be sure, of, I believe, Florida, who's our – or no, I think Vanderbilt. Yeah, you play – if you win this one, you play Vanderbilt. Yes. And then you play the winner of – Eighth in the RPI, mm-hmm. so you're not your RPI is not going to drop there. RPI is the big one here because Auburn is 17 in the RPI as of right now. Uh, they are 
They're 17 and 13 in uh, SEC play. It would help a lot for Tennessee to lose right here because Tennessee is one spot ahead of you in the RPI. And they're down they 3 nothing right now. Yes, they're down 3 nothing in the late innings of this game. If they lose, they'll drop behind you. Uh, I think you you play Vanderbilt. If you lose to that, I don't think if you lose to them, I don't think that knocks your RPI that much. Uh, and then I think it's if I have it right, it's Alabama and maybe Kentucky. Well, so it, you it'd be Alabama, Kentucky, and Florida. Mm-hmm. You play the loser of that if you lost to Vanderbilt, and that is RPI number two, RPI number five, and RPI number twelve. So again, very highly rated teams in the RPI. Mm-hmm. I think if you lose those, I mean, two of those are obviously better. Two and five, that th- those are higher RPIs than Alabama at twelve. Um, you would feel a little, I guess, unsure about where things. I'm uh, I'm of the opinion that Auburn needs to go two and two. Auburn needs to beat Missouri. Because Missouri's all the way down here, I believe. They're around 42. They're 41 now. You need to beat Missouri, and you need to win one more game against whether it be... if you mean, if you beat Vanderbilt, you're locked in, you're good. If you lose to Vanderbilt, you got to beat the loser of Florida, the one seed in the SEC tournament, and... I think it's Al- and I again I think it's Al- I know it's Alabama and I think it's Kentucky. Yeah, and I'm looking at it right now. So Auburn plays Missouri today. They play them tonight hopefully uh, as long as the weather holds on there in Hoover. We'll talk some more about this. I uh, didn't realize we were almost out of time in this segment. We'll talk some more Auburn baseball in the SEC tournament because I want to break it down some more. How far does Auburn have to go this week in Hoover to host a regional? We'll continue talking about it when we come back. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Halfway through hour number one here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Carter Bird with you on ESPN 1067. Talking about the SEC baseball tournament, it is underway in Hoover right now. Uh, Auburn playing in the final game tonight, the late game up at the Hoover Met, taking on the 12th seeded Missouri Tigers, a team they just got done sweeping at home this past weekend. Auburn is the five seed Auburn baseball, that is. And we posed the question of the day and we ran out of time so I want to keep talking about it and we'd love to hear uh, from you as well 334-321-1390 how far does Auburn baseball have to go this week in Hoover before they host a regional you know I was talking about the RPI and how Auburn was behind Tennessee Mm -hmm. I went to the NCAA's website that updated it through the games yesterday Auburn was 15 and Tennessee was 16 so like how is D1 Baseball's RPI different than that? That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. So which one is correct? I, wa- I, wonder, I wonder if if D1 Baseball is already giving Tennessee credit for a win that has not happened and looks like it will not happen as of right now. Wouldn't that be something? Because they're down 3 nothing late to Texas A&M right now. And that would be a huge benefit for Auburn. Playing into this question of how far do they have to go this week in Hoover, if Tennessee loses right now, 
that helped you out tremendously because I liked your answer. You said Auburn needs to go two and two. They also I like have that. Dallas Baptist, who is on the NCAA's RPI, 17th all the way up at 14th. Interesting. So I wonder, one of them has to be adjusting for a few things. Maybe Dallas games Baptist that they're predicting? Has not played since Saturday. So that's weird. None of this makes any sense. No. D1 baseball. D1 baseball is biased, biased against Auburn. I've been saying it for weeks, <laughs> but it looks like it might be true. D1 baseball has the script, and they're just adjusting for what they already know is going to happen. Maybe that's maybe that's what's going on. If Tennessee comes back and wins, then okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm on board. Well, they're down 3 nothing in the late innings of the second game of the day in Hoover. Looking at what Auburn's path could be, Auburn baseball, what their path is. They play Missouri tonight. If they lose they're out and they go home they'll still make the postseason but they have no chance of hosting at that point I don't think if Auburn wins as they should okay you just beat Missouri three times in a row and yes the conversation comes into play is it hard to beat a team four times in a row in college baseball absolutely there's no doubt about it that it is but Auburn is so much better than Missouri and they're playing so much better than Missouri. And this is a completely different game than what you just played at home in that three-game series. So if Auburn beats Missouri, you take on Vanderbilt. You do. You, you win. If the winner of this game will take on Vanderbilt, the fourth seed in the SEC, and then it becomes double elimination, right? If you beat Vanderbilt, you move on and you take on the winner of Florida and either Kentucky or Alabama. If you lose, then you go to the top portion of the bracket and you play either the loser of Florida and Kentucky or Alabama. So Auburn's going to play a combination of one of those three schools once, if not twice, to move on in this tournament. And I like the answer of two and two that you gave, Carter, two wins and two losses for Auburn. I think it secures it. I can, yeah. I agree. I think if you get two wins with Missouri being one and either Vanderbilt, Florida, or more than likely Alabama, given how they've been playing, then I think you're in a really, really good spot. You're in a really good spot. One and two is difficult because then you're, I mean, it's twice as many losses as, as wins, and your win is not the most impressive thing ever with a 41 RPI for Missouri. And um, your losses would be, yes, to really highly rated teams in the RPI. My question, when, when you get to a point like this, and the SEC is the behemoth, the monster that it is in college baseball, as much as we talk about the SEC being dominant in football, uh, baseball is by far the most dominant sport the, the SEC has. I mean, they dominate the entire sport nationally. And I wonder how much the committee in a situation like this would penalize a team like Auburn for losing two games in the SEC tournament to really highly rated teams in the RPI. It's funny because I, when you're when we're talking about this, you know what I go back to? I always go back to the SEC basketball tournament and how we have gotten to the point in the SEC basketball tournament where it doesn't even matter. The game we we've come to that conclusion that for the NCAA tournament in basketball, the SEC tournament, the conference tournaments don't matter, but yet in baseball they still do, I think. I think they still matter. I think your wins in these games matter 
in baseball more than they do in basketball. And that's where Auburn sits, is you got to get some wins. You have to get some wins. Whereas, again, in basketball, we've gotten to the point where, well, go to Nashville, but it doesn't matter. You got to get your wins before the SEC tournament because after the weekend, the committee's not going to care, is what has happened to basketball. I don't think that's the case in baseball. Do you? I think it matters a little bit more than basketball, but at the same time, like, the resume should be set for Auburn. We're talking about a top 17 RPI team that won 17 regular regular season SEC games. As our good friend Lindsey Crosby said on the show last week, there's never in the past decade, there's never been a 17 win top 17 RPI SEC team that has not hosted a regional uh, and the general consensus is you get to 17 SEC wins you're a host. And I'm going to be really confused if Auburn gets penalized severely for this week in Hoover. I don't think it's right, but I also can see the path because, like, some places, the D1 baseball, you're sitting on a razor's edge right now in terms of RPI, where you sit. And you need to be able to to have something to help. I think I think two wins makes it where there is zero case to be made against you. And so I think if if Auburn is, we're gonna see Tommy Vale tonight. We're probably gonna see Chase Ossip, I guess, in the way that it shakes out tomorrow if Auburn wins. Auburn just needs to go out and scratch two wins. And we know they haven't had a lot of success in Hoover, and it's a big park. You don't have a ton of – you don't see guys with a bunch of power numbers as as A&M laces a double off the wall to the deepest part of the park. Um, I don't know. This is going to be really fascinating to see just, like, how much with a fine-tooth comb the committee goes through Mm -hmm. championship – these championship tournaments. For me, when it comes to these things, wins matter more than anything. And it sound, that sounds like a really dumb statement, but when you look at this, Auburn plays Missouri to start. you got to win this game, man. You have to win this game. If Auburn comes in and loses tonight, then, you're again, you'll still make the postseason, but you're traveling somewhere, right? You are traveling somewhere. You will not host a regional if you lose tonight, in my opinion. Then, if you're going to try and get wins, your combination of teams are Florida – Bama, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. Those are all really good squads. Florida and Vanderbilt are higher than you in the RPI. Those are two squads that if you can get a win over one of those, or even more if you make a run this week, then you help yourself out. I don't like the, the, the quote, good loss scenario, and that's not just in baseball, that's in general. Yeah. A loss is a loss, in my opinion. Even if you lose to a good team, there are such things as bad losses when you lose... A loss tonight for Auburn would be a bad loss, in my opinion. Given how they've played, mm-hmm. given what they just did to Missouri, tonight would be a bad loss. Yeah. But they're just, in my opinion, there are no such thing as a good loss. Like, if Auburn goes and loses tomorrow against Vanderbilt, yeah, you lost. You lost to a good team, but you lost. Then you got to find another win somewhere. And so my counter to this would be, even if Auburn loses, if Auburn loses tonight or if they go 1-2, and two, Auburn's still, what, a top five hottest team in the country going into the postseason? Yeah. 
because you don't go, you don't finish conference play in the SEC twelve and three down the stretch eight like, in a row. You have to give them some credit. For I'm that. with you. I'm absolutely and, with you. And I would, I think it, it would be a crime for Auburn to have an off night after, like you said, winning eight straight SEC games and dropping one to a team that they would have played four times in a row and won three out of four. It would be a crime in my mind to say, you know what, that loss right there is the deciding factor against you when it comes to being a host. Which is fair. Which is absolutely fair. I just think tonight is a game, given how Auburn has played, they should win. And at that point, there would be no result where I would say, wow, that's just a that's a bad situation. That was a bad loss for Auburn, right? I just don't, outside of this game tonight, I think Auburn is in a good spot, and I think they should be rewarded for what they have done because I like how you put it. They shouldn't be punished for for cooling off for a night or two given what they've done over the past two and a half weeks. And mm-hmm. not saying it is, we're just kind of playing all the scenarios here. I think Auburn, I mean, as it has been the last month of this year, their destiny is in their hands. Go and take care of business. Make some noise this week in Hoover. And you can have a chance to host a regional and play a lot of postseason baseball in the state of Alabama. And how big would that be for this Auburn team? One of the hottest teams in the SEC, one of the hottest teams in the country. If you got to play your first round of the NCAA tournament at Plainsman Park, where we've seen the crowds show up and prove they can be a regional type atmosphere in the regular season. Add the yeah. eagle flight on top of that, and man, Plainsman Park is going to be a really hard place to win for opposing squads in the regional tournament. So Auburn this week, you have Missouri tonight, Vail going on the mound. I feel confident about Auburn tonight. I do. I think it'd be kind of to piggyback off this question of what do what do they need to do to be a regional host with where D one baseball has them as a twelve as the twelfth seed in the regionals. I know where you're going with this. They win the tournament. Do they become a top eight seed? Do they? Do they, would we see Auburn potentially host a super? Given what you were saying about the SEC, which I agree with being the dominant conference in college baseball, if you run through the likes of Vanderbilt, Florida, Alabama, probably not Tennessee because they're about to lose unless they come up with a miracle. South Carolina got six outs to score three runs, which they can absolutely do. Yeah, but I'm saying if you go through the likes of uh, throw Tennessee in there, let's say they come back of. A combination of Florida, Bama, Vanderbilt, LSU, Arkansas, Tennessee, South Carolina. If you win a tournament with all of those teams in it, yeah, you should absolutely host a be in the top eight and, and have the chance to host a super regional. Do I think Auburn does that? Probably not. If, if but they're you playing win well enough the, to do what, it. Five games it takes to win this thing. You, if you reel off five wins in a row and you've beaten 13 straight SEC teams to finish the year, I don't see how you're not like a top six seed. Yeah. I don't care what you did at the beginning of conference play. I don't care what you did now to conference play. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you did midweeks. Right. And again, I, I just, I loop this back to... That, that, that would be 17-3 and three down the stretch. That'd be ridiculous. Against SEC teams. That'd be ridiculous. That'd be unbelievable. And... Again, I loop this back to the conversations we have in March, in early March, with college basketball of, okay, this team didn't have a great regular season, but they're hot down the stretch, right? They're, they've won all their games in the last two weeks. They've taken down 
this number one team and this top 10 team and this it's the same sort of conversation with college basketball and college baseball but the difference right now is the narrative for basketball for me personally was if you're Auburn we were talking about Auburn basketball don't go to Nashville needing wins don't go to the SEC tournament and need wins to get into the NCAA tournament and have a better seating baseball on the other hand Auburn's in a decent spot but can actually improve themselves by winning some games in the conference tournament, which, Carter, that's how it should be. i tell you what, Auburn reeling off five straight wins here to win the SEC tournament. What would that be akin to? That'd be running through the back half of Big 12 basketball conference play and then running through the tournament after that? That'd be... That's like the only comparison I can come up with because you had... Ten teams in the top fifty of the RPI in the big in the Big Twelve. Yeah, the comparison. I'm thinking like right after late January, right after you play like the SEC Big Twelve Challenge, and let's say like a Baylor just caught fire and just went hot in February and early March. That's in the Big Twelve and and not losing at all. Yeah, that's exactly how doing Auburn's Final Four run like that amount of wins. Yeah, in a row in this past year's Big Twelve in basketball. That's what Auburn's doing right now. If they were to go on and run through the SEC tournament, it'd be I'm unbelievable. Just, and and I still don't think that does justice to how good the SEC is, is in baseball. Mm-hmm. It is staggering how much better the SEC is than any other league in any other sport in, than, than they are in baseball. Like, you look at the RPI right now, <laughs> you want to hear something hilarious? According to D1 Baseball, and again... There may be some flaws in their RPI system right now because it doesn't match up fully. D1 Baseball has, in the RPI, Kentucky, second, LSU, third, Arkansas, fourth, Florida, fifth, South Carolina, sixth, Vanderbilt, eighth, Alabama, twelfth, Tennessee, sixteenth, Auburn, seventeenth. That's insane. And then think about this, this time next year, you'll be talking about a Texas program that's currently 23rd in the RPI, and Oklahoma, who's 36th. So you're adding those two teams those into are the two mix. Very, those are two programs with some... I mean, Oklahoma went to the College World Series last year with, with a team that I thought was the least talented team in Omaha, and they found a way to scratch together some wins. It was really impressive. It really was. And a Texas program... That's as decorated as any other program in the country besides maybe USC. And the two teams we didn't even mention who aren't anywhere to be found on that list are the two previous national champions in Mississippi State and Ole Miss who aren't in Hoover this week because they finished bottom two in the SEC. And look, A&M went to the College World Series last year as well in year one with Sloss, their, their coach. Year two, it's been a little bit worse. But you look at his background at TCU, like... The SEC, it's, I mean, and then it's going to be the same way in softball because you bring in Texas Gosh. and you bring in the absolute death star in Oklahoma. <laughs> the juggernaut. Uh, and so you're going to have baseball and softball are about to be the two most dominant sports for the SEC. And it's going to be, like, we talk about the SEC in football. We talk about the SEC West. That will pale in comparison to how dominant the SEC is in softball and baseball. SEC baseball tournament happening in Hoover right now. A&M on top of Tennessee, 3-0. 
And what a play right there by the third baseman of Texas A&M. They're down to four outs as Tennessee trying to make a comeback. They're in Hoover, one of the better teams in the tournament. The rain coming down in Hoover. They're playing, though. That's a good sign. They're playing games at the SEC Baseball Tournament. We'll be right back and wrap up our number one. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you talking Auburn baseball around the SEC as well. 334-321-1390. You are on the line. On ESPN 1067, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up our number one here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Carter, you're rattled, brother. You are fired up about Auburn dropping in the RPI. According to D1 Baseball, seems like the NCAA is okay, but... Uh, D1 baseball is is you're you're just you, confused on what's going on. You update the RPI at the end of every day. There there are places that have real time RPI updates, but I there's no there's there's no excuse for there to be this much of an inconsistency from the NCAA's website in the RPI to the literal website that everybody goes off of, which is d1baseball.com. Yeah, no, I'm with you. That is pretty much considered in most circles that, I mean, I talked to college baseball. I mean, heck, they threw up the daggum D1 Baseball RPI and standings and regional hosts already on the SEC Network. Believe me. If the me. SEC Network's doing that, then like they are a respected voice. People and trust D1 Baseball over the NCAA's website, I promise. <laughs> well, well, I well, promise. Well, no, uh, I, the NCAA's website at the end of the day yesterday, because that's what they, they updated at the end of every night, like, it's not wrong. It's not going to be. It's the NCAA's website. That doesn't but, mean anything. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm also bringing this up because I think D1 Baseball had Auburn as high as 14 on Sunday, and now they're 17, and none of the teams that, that have – leapfrogged them or they've fallen behind have played and that's what i that's what i'm frustrated with. yeah no i i get it and uh maybe they'll clear it up maybe they'll figure it out i'm not sure side well, note I tweeted it kendall rogers we, we'll see if yeah keep us updated on if he gets get back a, to you he has yet to respond <laughs> to any of my things well if he does we can we can talk about it side note the rain's coming down in hoover man it is it has started to rain no, super hard no way right now there's two with outs one in this out game. one out in the top of the ninth Oh, no. Oh, man. We're so yep. close. They delayed it. A&M and Tennessee walking off the field with two outs to play in the top of the ninth. Oh, man. That's brutal. We'll give you an update on that if there is one to give when we come back. Hour number one in the book. Stay tuned. Hour number two coming up. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. 
You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Tuesday, everybody, as we get underway in hour number two here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. Alongside me, as always, is Carter Bird. And always, uh, what happens in Hoover every year, SEC baseball tournament in a rain delay as we get started here. In hour number two, it was Tennessee and Texas A&M rain delay in the top of the ninth inning. And so uh, we'll see how long that takes. We'll see if it affects later games. I'm sure it will. And of course, Auburn playing tonight in the very last game. And so the is the longer this, this goes... This means that we are closer to my dream of like an 11.30 start time going yeah. to like 2 in the morning. Yeah, which... <laughs> Would you rather Auburn play 11.30 tonight and play into tomorrow morning, or would you rather the game be pushed to tomorrow morning at 9.30? I'd, I'd, I'd rather play. If I'm Auburn, I want to play tonight so I can get rest. And, like, you can have your guys sleep in, sure, and you gear up to play tomorrow i don't want to have to play two games on the same day if i can afford not to that's fair yeah that's fair i i don't know i almost lean towards playing at 9 30 because then the only bad part about that is basically right now auburn's just sitting around and they have to kind of be ready right you have to kind of prepare your body they're probably taking naps probably hope so but i'm saying like (laughs) you have to get up and then for a long amount of time tonight you have to kind of be ready and be ready to be ready if that makes sense because if if the games continue then yeah you may have to play tonight depending on how long this delay goes i mean if this if we're sitting here and and we still haven't picked this game up in an hour or an hour and a half they'll go ahead and bang the auburn game tonight to tomorrow morning Mm -hmm. well We'll see how it goes. Currently in a rain delay in Hoover, uh, Tennessee, and Texas A&M. Top of the ninth inning with one out. So they have five outs to go. Tennessee trailing Texas A&M three to nothing. Tennessee is the home team, so they get last at bat. Uh, so we'll this see We'll see what happens. 2016 Chicago Cubs World Series all over again. Yes. The, the Tennessee Volunteers with their one hit going into the weather delay, going into the bottom of the ninth. They need this moment. To rally together, who's who's going to step up and be their their Jason Hayward in the in the locker room to to motivate everybody to come back and win? Wouldn't that be so just like detrimental to Texas A and M if coming out of this Tennessee just explodes and they beat them four three or something like that in the bottom of the ninth? Yeah, but I mean, barring A and M walking and hitting a bunch of guys, that means Tennessee's going to have to do string together what four five of what they have only have one of through eight innings which is a hit they've got to put together four or five of them yeah we'll see the field did not look good when they got the tarp on it there in hoover so we'll see what happens we'll update you as it goes and you're less likely to get really bad hops on a really wet field yeah i mean yeah the ball could be wet you could have some throwing errors but i don't know a&M was really bad. I will say this. A&M was a really bad defensive team last year. They were one of the worst in the in the postseason uh, of the teams that made it. I want to say they were one of the worst defensive teams in America, uh, and they somehow survived all of their errors and made it to Omaha. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if, if there's a team that has the, the, the capability of making a bunch of errors to open the door for Tennessee, it's probably A&M. 
We'll see if the game continues in a rain delay there in Hoover. Auburn playing tonight, supposed to play tonight as a five seed versus number 12 Missouri. Uh, If they win, they'll take on Vanderbilt. If they lose, they will be out of the SEC tournament. Talked a lot of baseball in hour number one. And so if you missed any of that, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast. You can find it right after the show today. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast, or you can go to ESPNAU.com. It'll be commercial free up and posted right after the show today. Coming up here in hour number two, want to start talking a little basketball because, uh, Man, Janai Broom continues to impress. He continues to impress. He went to the NBA Combine, uh, played a couple of games there, and he's getting some interest, man. And so I want to I want to talk about that, and because I think the possibility of him leaving has grown. I don't know if it oh, happens, it absolutely, has. but it has grown. And so I want to talk from, about that from a week ago to now, a hundred percent. Yeah, and I want to talk about that, and again, the impact of what Auburn basketball could be with or without Janai Broom as he continues to turn heads on the professional level. We'll talk about that here as we start hour number two. Then later on in the hour. ESPN, their FPI, released their hardest schedules in America for college football. You won't be shocked about where Auburn landed on that list. We'll talk about that coming up later on as well. Phone lines are wide open here in hour number two, though. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Call in. Be a part of the show. You can be on the line. 334-321-1390. Baseball, basketball, football, hockey, whatever you want to talk about. Golf, I don't care. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Deny Broom. We talked about it a week ago when he was at the G League events and he was playing games over there and was dominating. He was the best player in those games by far. He got the invitation to the NBA Draft Combine and he just carried the momentum and he continued to to turn heads. He continued to impress at the professional level. He's getting some offers and he is getting some attention from professional teams, professional organizations and the possibility of Janai Broom leaving Auburn to go play professional basketball has grown greatly in the past week or so. I mean, we've seen him rise to the challenge, so this this has not been a shock. He's really he's really good at the G League Elite Camp that got him the invite to the NBA Combine. He was pretty daggum good at that as well. His uh, last game wasn't as good as what we had seen, but good for him. He's playing really well in these settings um do I think he's he's going to stick it out and stay with the pro option I still don't think so I still don't feel that that is uh the most likely option but I mean this is huge for him if you're Auburn and and you have to take this risk you have to say hey we can have a guy go to these to the G League Elite Camp and to the NBA Draft Combine and um, ball out, look really, really, really good, build a ton of confidence. But all of a sudden, it's a 65-35, 60-40 chance he comes back rather than before this, what, probably 90-10? Yeah. I mean, I think you take that risk because I think that – I think – it's good for you if he goes pro and it works out. Yes, it puts you behind the eight ball, having to pick up a big man super late in this process, and that's not ideal. Uh, ask Alabama, who, by the way, their team is about to be tiny after Charles Bediaco is staying, sticking with the pro option. Um, so with that in mind, 
But if he were to come back with this experience, with the confidence this is going to build, with the the training, the the strength he's going to be able to build in the offseason in the Auburn strength and conditioning program, we're talking about somebody who has a chance to be a top three player in the SEC, be one of the probably, what, 10 best centers in college basketball, I think. The word you used that encompasses all of this is confidence. It's confidence. Because remember when we were watching Auburn basketball in December of last year, when Auburn was out west playing Washington, playing USC, playing some of these schools that were not up to SEC caliber but were still better than the teams you play in early November? The question about Janai Broom was, is he confident? Can he rise up? Can he, can he compete with these guys? And can he be aggressive enough? And can he just fill his own shoes and hold his own in the lane in, in, in a college basketball game? We had questions about that. He got better as SEC play went on. We think we could have seen more from him. And he has proven that with the G League Elite in the NBA Draft Combine, where he has dominated and been one of the best players on the floor every time he's there. Imagine if he brings that confidence and that dominance to an Auburn team in the SEC. He would be a really, really good player, like you mentioned, a top 10 center in all of college basketball, a top 10, top I think, 5 I think player chance, in the league. a chance to be significantly better than that. I mean, I, 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 think, I think legitimately, Janai Broom coming back with... Because now I think he fully knows he belongs. I think that was something that, just based on watching him play, and it's totally understandable, coming from Moorhead State to Auburn in the SEC, to see him once conference play started, really once you saw that uh, around the, the, when you started seeing the high-level teams that Auburn played, uh, Northwestern, Memphis, USC, Washington, into the start of SEC play, I think there was a little bit of doubt. I think there was a little bit of getting a feel for it and does he really belong? And then over the course of the year, I mean, you saw you saw some bad performances, like against Mississippi State, when he scores four points and or six points and has four rebounds. Like against LSU on the road, when he scores four points and has six rebounds. He's got to be better than that. And you saw him respond in that South Carolina game with 27, the next game after those two, with 27 points, 11 boards. And really, you saw a guy who I think it took some time for him to fully recognize, I belong in this league and I can be a dominant player in this league. Mm-hmm. And once he realized it, you saw him elevate his level of play. He started scoring 20 points more often. He was in the high teens more often. He got to 10 rebounds a heck of a lot more often than he did to start. He did not. It took him. I mean, he well, he, he, he got to 10 rebounds in a few of these games. He played really well against Castleton, which is impressive considering what we saw Castleton do to Kessler the year before. Mm-hmm. But I think... You saw him mature. You saw him get better. The free throw shooting, we can talk about that. That's something that has to get better uh, and will undoubtedly be something he works on in the offseason. But we're talking about a guy, I think the pathway is clear for him to come be a top three player in the SEC. It's tough for him because 
he has played so well and he has turned so many heads and got so much attention from professional guys where going and playing not the NBA he's not getting drafted but he is he has possibilities for two-way contracts to where he could be 16th or 17th on an NBA depth chart play in the G League and did he not make any sort of the all SEC teams this past year that's shocking I think it was a slow start I think it has to be because of a slow start for him and the inconsistencies for him at times you you brought that up a second ago where he could go off for 25 one game, but six in another. He could grab 15 boards in one game and get out-rebounded by Wendell Green in another. Like, those <laughs> things are not great. Never Jalen Williams, though, because Jalen Williams that's right. doesn't rebound ever. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> fair. But I think with Janai, having the opportunity to play professional basketball is something that all of these guys grow up wanting to do. And the fact that he has played so well... And the fact that he is getting legitimate attention and legitimate offers to go and be a professional basketball player and have the chance to work his way into the NBA, I'm not going to blame him if he takes it, man. And I'm not. I'm not going to be upset. Sure, it would be. So yeah, it would be tough to watch Deny Broom walk away from this team. It that's, would. It'd be tough. Fair. It'd be that's tough, fair. man, because Auburn. Auburn's going to be good. Auburn basketball is going to be a good team. If you keep Janai Broom, A, you got to pay him. And B, you got to make sure. I don't, think, he's, I don't think that's going to be that much of an issue. I, think I don't think it is either. Done, I think Auburn, if. I think the Auburn, through its collective on to victory, will make a more than fair uh, offer deal, whatever it may be, to Janai Broom that probably when you evaluate a potential two-way contract is has greater value. Mm-hmm. And when you when you look at Janai Broom this past year, 14.2 points per game, 8.4 rebounds, 1.3 assists, 29% from three, 56% at the free throw line, 52.7% from the floor. What if you come back and you're 16, 16 and a half points per game? You're... 10 rebounds per game Mm -hmm. and your three-point shooting is rather than 29 percent what if it's 32 what if it's 32 and what if you shoot the free throw at 65 percent like like it's not out of the realm of possibility to say he can improve in every single one of those categories by a decent margin and if he does and he shows dominance from start to finish next year then I think we're actually having a conversation about a guy getting drafted. I hear you, and I I, I, I hear you 100% because that is sort of where I'm going is I, I get it. If you have an op, and I'm, I'm all for it. I've said this on this show so many times. If you have the opportunity to go pro, I think you have to take it to a certain extent. If Janai Broom was getting legitimate NBA draft credibility and was getting predicted to be drafted, then I would say he needs to go because that's an opportunity to take care of yourself, take care of your family, and go and play professional basketball at the highest level across the entire world. The fact that he's not getting full-on NBA draft credibility, he's getting a lot of two-way notices, he's getting different noise from other organizations, he's getting looks at, at professional basketball, but he's not NBA draft ready yet. 
that's where I hear you on that, Carter. And I think the best option for him, in my opinion, for his game of basketball, come back. Come back to Auburn one more time. Improve all your numbers. What did I say about Janai Broom every time he steps on the floor? What should he do every time? Every time. He should be an automatic double-double or something? He should be an automatic double-double. A walking double-double should Janai Broom. He should have no less than 10 points, 10 rebounds every time he steps on the floor. That's how good he is. So he's a ADDM, to use your your acronyms? Because <laughs> Al, Alan Flanagan was an ATM. Right, Alan Flanagan was an ATM. You could say a walking double-double, WDD, a walking double-double for Janai Broom. He should be. He absolutely should be. And I think if he comes back to Auburn, I think he can average anywhere from 16 to 20 points. I think he can average 10 to 12 rebounds. I think he can improve his shooting numbers across the floor, in the paint, at the free throw line, and yeah, even at the three-point line. You do all those things on a team where he's not going to be the go-to guy anymore, like he was at the end of the year last year, which is crazy to say, but Janai Broom was your go-to reliable scorer He's not going to be that on this year's team. There are guards that can do that. There are shooters that can do that. The pressure's off of Janai Broom if he comes back to Auburn. All he has to do is get better for himself, and good things are going to happen for him. Good things are going to happen for Auburn. Janai Broom has a chance to go pro right now. If he comes back to Auburn one more year, he has a chance to go to the NBA. And I think that is what is so important here I'm proud of him. I'm happy for him. I'm glad he has gone and gotten the confidence and gotten the feedback for this. He could be a dominant force in college basketball coming back to Auburn next yeah. year. Yeah. And I, I, I really, I hope he does. And I think it would be better for him and for Auburn at the same time. And if he was dominant from start to finish next year and this Auburn team were to go to a Sweet 16 or an Elite 8 and be on a really big stage and he's playing at a high level and, he's, and he improves all of those numbers that we've talked about, and it shows in in the NCAA tournament, you're getting drafted if you do those things. Mm-hmm. He is. He and I think he can, and I think he would if that is the option that he decides to take. Janai Broom, he's been playing really well. He's getting the attention on the professional level. His decision looms. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I think the percentage has gone up for him to go pro. We'll see what his decision is. We'll take our first break here in hour number two. You're listening to the Thursday or the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Excuse me, Tuesday edition of On the Line here on ESPN. What only a couple days off there, buddy? Only a couple days. I wish it was Thursday, but it's not. It's Tuesday. We'll talk some baseball. Give you an update from Hoover when we come back here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. You are on the line. On ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. All right, question of the day here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. That's the number to reach us. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. We talked about it back in the first hour, talked a lot about this as we give you uh, some updates from Hoover. Uh, still in a rain delay between uh, Texas A&M and Tennessee. Top of the ninth inning, one away, A&M with a 3 nothing lead over Tennessee. Uh, the Volunteers are the home team, so they do get the last at bat, but Rain coming down in Hoover, so not real sure when they're going to play the rest of these games. But, Carter, we talked about this in the first hour with Auburn. Question of the day, how far do the Tigers of Auburn have to make it this week? What do they got to do in Hoover this week to host a regional where we know the atmosphere at Plainsman Park would be unbelievable? I mean, 
I'm going to say they have to make it to Thursday, which now with rain could be, still mean they're playing their first game. Right. That's uh, <laughs> that's not a that's not an acceptable answer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. No. I still I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on that two and two would make me feel really safe if I were Auburn. Um, I just I am one of those people that never wants to leave it up to a committee or leave it up to whatever body it is to to make a judgment and have it come down to splitting hairs i think it's um it'd be a lot safer just to go out win a couple games you're in you're hosting you feel great about it you're hosting for a second year in a row uh but i mean sure why not Reel off five in a row. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, just go on a just go on a thirteen game win streak in the SEC to go into a regional tournament. I mean, what it would be? Well, they're yeah, on eight yeah. right now. It'd be, you, it'd be thirteen. You go seventeen and three in your final twenty SEC games, which would be just absolutely insane. And if you win today, you technically can afford a loss because it's double elimination after today. So I kind of wish that it was single elimination all the way through. That's not even fair because like. <laughs> Just to get the win, get the win in this first game against Missouri, and then it doesn't matter. Then you're in. But but by going to double elimination, and I'm not sure Auburn has the pitching to navigate a loser's bracket. I don't know if Auburn has the pitching to navigate five games. But, man, it's just, it would be such a shame to get a win. <laughs> And then have it get used against you because you lose to two teams that are potentially you could lose to two two top five teams. Yeah, I mean two potential national championship winning teams. Well, yeah, I mean every every team in, I mean if you get the win against Missouri, every team that would be left of the final eight, every single one of them is absolutely capable of making it to Omaha because that's the way the SC is, mm-hmm. and. There's a chance you could run into two teams that may go play each other for the national championship, which would be just an absolute shame to lose a couple of those games and not get the chance to host because you're getting penalized for that. I mean, think about last year. Ole Miss was the last team in the postseason, the last team in the field. They got hot and won the national championship. Yeah. That's all how takes, that man. like like that's what the SEC is like. If you make the postseason, you can make it to Omaha. And as we saw last year, you're just getting hot away from winning a national championship, which is what a lot of big time college baseball fans bring up about regionals, super regionals, and Omaha. Of course, in college athletics, the exciting tournament is is March Madness with college basketball, but. Baseball can be just as fun, man. It can be just as fun with Cinderella stories and, and miracle runs, and, and Auburn is in the midst of one right now. Question to you, Carter. Did Auburn, I know they got hot, and they, had, you're gonna ask. they had to do it to get where they are. Have they, have they peaked? Have they gotten hot, quote-unquote, too early? That's not really a thing here because Auburn had to do what they did to get where they are. But do they run out of gas, I guess, is the better question. All right, so I'll give you a nuanced answer here. I'll say probably, but the way you negate that is you host a regional in front of your home crowd. Because then 
you're set up with a great atmosphere. You can you're have the inside track to win that regional, and we've seen Auburn go on the road and win regionals before as two seeds. Uh, I think you would it would be a real bummer and downer going into postseason play for this Auburn team if they were to somehow exit their time in Hoover and then go be a two seed somewhere, whether it's Tennessee or whatever. They not I mean you don't have to do a ton to host a super. Somebody else just has to get upset. Like Stanford if you're looking at D1baseball.com right now. We'll see what Auburn does. We'll see if they play any more baseball today in Hoover as they are in a rain delay as the rain pours down there at the SEC tournament. When we come back, we'll talk some Auburn football looking at their 2023 schedule, according to ESPN. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. All right, 30 more minutes left on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. With me, as always, is Carter Bird. And ESPN, uh, they ranked the hardest football schedules in the SEC in 2023, according to their FPI. And out of all the teams in the SEC, all 14 of them here in 2023, Carter, have you seen this list yet? I know we we I'm created really our, excited about our rundown. I'm yeah. really excited about number one because it's my <laughs> favorite team to talk about this offseason, how they're going to be horrendous. Yeah. It's uh it's not gonna be it's not gonna be great for number one on this list. And but you I'm, will not I'm currently be, pulling the rest of them up. So right. I, I know you compare. know who the number one is. And Auburn fans are not going to be surprised by where Auburn lands. They're also not going to be surprised by who's at the bottom of this list either. And so one and three are two of my um biggest flop picks for for twenty twenty three. So That's fair. I that's just fair. I think that these are gonna be two of the worst well, that's that's the SEC. I'm looking at all of college football. Okay, I was okay, okay. I was making sure we we're looking at the same one here. So, so in the ESPN FPI, the top five in order: Ole Miss, yes, hardest schedule in college football. Minnesota. It's odd to see a Big, a Big Ten, Ten school West. in there. Yeah, not just a Big Ten school. A Big Ten West. A Big Ten school. West, where it's um, Wisconsin and everybody else. Yes, so you've got that one there, and uh, and then it's in descending order after that. Florida, Maryland, okay. That's fine. I can get behind that because you're playing Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State in your own division. I guess I don't know who they're drawing in the other side. Uh, then it's Auburn and Arkansas, 5 and 6. Yeah, which Arkansas is always up there. Auburn's always up there. Um, Auburn has played the hardest schedule year in, year out. Auburn's never outside the top five. But here's the thing, and this is what I come back to on this conference, and we'd love to hear from our listeners. Any shocks on this list for you, 334-321-1390? Here's the crazy thing. Auburn's got the fifth hardest schedule in the country, third hardest schedule in the SEC, and yet we as Auburn talking heads and Auburn fans and Auburn media, they all look at the schedule for Auburn in 2023 and they're like, you know what? That's a pretty easy schedule. Given yeah, what Auburn we're is so accustomed <laughs> to what Auburn has had to do. Given what Auburn has to do every single year, which is play Alabama and Georgia and LSU and Texas A&M, the fact that 
they still have the fifth hardest schedule in the entire country, but yet we look at it and we're like, this is an opportunity for Auburn. Auburn that just blows my mind. Auburn and Arkansas the past few years have had the hardest two schedules year in, year out. Well, think about Arkansas because they have Auburn on their list where Auburn fans don't really add Arkansas to their list, right? I didn't say Arkansas. Yes. I didn't say Alabama, they, Georgia, LSU, and Arkansas. You know what they don't have is Georgia. Georgia. Yes. Which they, they'll get Georgia every, every so often. But and then they do things to themselves like playing BYU, BYU. <laughs> which yeah. I don't know why. And but I'm real excited about Ole Miss. Yeah, I'm really excited yeah. because at Tulane week two is when we're all gonna realize that house of cards is collapsing when Michael Pratt and Tulane beat Ole Miss. And yes. Ole Miss will get one back when they come when they come back home and beat Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, who I assume it has to be better. Um, Shout out previous intern Jenny. But then they're going to lose three consecutive games that are at Alabama. They're going to get smashed in that game. LSU at home, they're going to get smashed in that game. And no matter how you cut it, that four-game stretch of at Tulane, Georgia Tech, which is a Power 5 school at home, at Alabama, LSU. That's about as hard of a first four-game four stretch through the first five weeks as you can have in the country. When Arkansas comes to town in week six, Arkansas is going to beat them. Interesting. And at that point in time, we're going to have a 2-4 and four Ole Miss team going to the bye week, who coming out of the bye, the off week, at Auburn, Vanderbilt at home, Texas A&M, at Georgia, La Monroe, and at State. Dude. Ole Miss is going 5-7. and seven. That's rough. The people that are... There are people out there picking this Ole Miss team to win nine games. People that are media people in this state, Jacob. I know. I've heard them. It ain't us. <laughs> it's not us. What are we talking about? I promise you it's not us. And you look at, com- compare the Ole Miss and the Arkansas schedules right now. Arkansas, Western Carolina, Kent State, BYU. You're all at home. You should win those games. Then you go out to LSU. BYU could be interesting, but I still think that Arkansas is going to be better. And it's at home. It's at home. And that's what I give it to them. You're at home. You're 3-0, you go to LSU, you take your medicine and lost there. You get smashed in that one. Then you go neutral side against Texas A&M, which we know what that game is, and we know what that game was last year. You just never know what that game could be. Then you go at Ole Miss. Do do we think at some point Jerry Jones is like, hey, as great as this thing is, having it in my stadium in Arlington, I'm – making it harder on my school in Arkansas to win this game by making them almost have to come on the road? Money talks, my friend. Yeah, but I, I just wonder if, like, at some point that clicks, and it's like, maybe if Arkansas played that game at home, it would help. I think he likes the money more. <laughs> if I'm just being honest. I mean, yes, I, 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 I get it. but but I, I mean, get what you're saying. But I think he's okay with throwing flipping the coin on a win or loss to make however much money he makes when they I mean, host this game. He's never going to win another Super Bowl with the Cowboys, so he's. He, I mean, he maybe he can pour money into Arkansas to the point that they can 
run up an NIL uh, package big enough <laughs> for their team that they can win the SEC West. Which happens first, Arkansas to win the SEC West or the Cowboys win a Super Bowl? Cowboys win a Super Bowl. That's the right answer. Because <laughs> That's Ar- the right Arkansas answer. will not win the West as long as Nick Saban, Hugh Freeze, Brian Kelly. Do it. You not throw his name in there. Throw his name in there. You know you want to. As long as those three are <laughs> coaches it. in the SEC West, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Ole Miss will never win the SEC West. I can see it in your eyes. I can see it. You didn't want to put a Jimbo Fisher's name in that category. If, it, if A&M does it, it's not because of Jimbo Fisher. It's because they have money that they light on fire when, when it's cold outside. Because they've got, all, they've got oil money for days. Like, it's a, it's a different world. Yeah. And so, yeah. Well, I mean, also, this entire conversation is completely moot because the SEC West is a thing for another year and then it's not which is what I was going to bring up we're but, talking but about if this were to continue yes when the current iteration of the SEC you would never see Arkansas Ole Miss or State as long as Hugh Freeze Nick Saban and Brian Kelly are coaches in the SEC West win the SEC West which is what I was going to bring up we're talking the toughest schedules in 2023 for college football in the SEC according to the ESPN FPI and I was going to bring that up before we went down that little road this is all going to change it's all going to change because Texas and Oklahoma are coming to the SEC and we expect to have some changes and some results in the spring meetings next week for the SEC on how exactly they're going to change the schedules so I, I'm talking about these schedules, these hardest schedules in, in, in college football. Minnesota, what are we doing? Is their non-con schedule dumb? They open with Nebraska. So out of conference P5 game. They, and Nebraska's going to be a lot better. They are. Eastern Michigan, okay. At UNC, why? You've already played one out of conference P5 team. Wait. At Nebraska's in conference. You're right. You're right. I I apologize. I, I my brain defaulted back to the old days when <laughs> when Indomitian Sue was sacking Colt Colt McCoy. There you go. In the Big Twelve Championship game. Flashbacks. But so you start off with a at conference Northwestern, game. Louisiana, who I don't really want to mess with as far as a G five team. I wh- why are you playing a road game at UNC? The same year you draw Michigan at home, and this back half of this schedule is miserable because you're at Iowa and you get to go have fun and score seven points against that defense and lose nine to seven because the actually that's not true. Well, yes, you are going to lose nine to seven because it's going to be three field goals all set up by turnovers by that Iowa defense, uh, and you're not you're going to score one touchdown. That's it. Michigan State, who generally what top three four team in the East, yeah. Illinois and that defense that's salty at Purdue, who just won the Big Ten West, at Ohio State, and then Wisconsin to finish Dang, your schedule. Dude. That's after the off week. <laughs> that is brutal. And you have Michigan going into the off week. That is brutal. Now, it is the Big Ten, but that's a brutal schedule in the Big Ten, which is why Minnesota has the second hardest schedule in all of college football. You look at Florida. We've talked... Maryland, about there's, Florida. there's there's not much you you can do with this no. because you, you you try because you play Towson, you play Charlotte, you play Virginia. You'll start three and zero. That's great. 
but you're at Ohio State. You're you've got Michigan. You got Penn State. I mean, you 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 can't do anything about that. No, you can't. And then you get to Auburn, who has, according to ESPN, the fifth toughest schedule in all of college football. Where again, we look at this and we're like. There are opportunities on this schedule for Auburn, and we'll talk about this as the summer goes on and as the season approaches, but there are opportunities on this schedule. UMass, at Cal, home for Sanford. You start 3-0. and You go at Texas A&M, coin flip, take your medicine against Georgia, at LSU, that'll be tough. Then you bring Ole Miss and State in before you go on the road at Vanderbilt, on the road at Arkansas, home for New Mexico State, and home for Alabama. That's the fifth hardest schedule in the country. That's the easiest schedule Auburn's had in 15 years. Let's let's talk about this. Just for comparison's sake, 2019, Auburn's schedule versus 2023. 2023, you, your first three games, UMass, at Cal, Samford. Your twenty twenty your twenty nineteen games was Oregon yeah. that went on to win the Pac twelve. Oregon in in Arlington at, at Jerry World. Tulane, who's no slouch for a G five team. Which I don't ever want to mess with. Kent State, they're not great. I'd make an argument right now. Well, I mean, obviously, Oregon. Oregon is tougher than the UMass game to open the year in 2023. There's no debating that. It's a way tougher than than Cal. I'd argue Tulane at home is a comparable game to Cal in 2023 on the road. I could get behind that. I could. I could back you up and on that. And then Kent State's a tougher game in 2019 than Sanford is. Then from that point on, you are at A&M. And Georgia at home in 2023. In 2019, you were at A&M again. And that A&M team was better than this one that you're going to see in 23. Then you got State. Okay. States was solid, I guess. Okay that year. But then you're at Florida, a really good Florida team in an environment that Florida hadn't had in about a decade. And it was really tough. And that was a really good Florida team. That's Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Toney. A game you had no business being in. They had NFL players all over that offense. You had no business being in that game, but you were all and up in starting, that game. you're starting a true freshman Bo Nix uh, as well in his second road start because he did go to A&M a couple weeks before that and pulled off that upset. Okay, 2023, you go to your, your off week. You come out of it, you go at LSU, Ole Miss at home, Mississippi State at home, at Vanderbilt, at Arkansas, New Mexico State at home, Alabama at home. 2019, you were at Arkansas, at at that LSU team, Mm -hmm. at that one. Joe Burrow, first-round draft picks everywhere. One of the greatest teams we've ever seen in college football. Best offense we've ever seen. Ole Miss at home, and it was a good Ole Miss team. It was a pretty good Ole Miss team. Uh, then you had your off week. Then you had a really, really good Georgia team. Then you had Sanford again. Okay. But then you had a better Alabama team than you're going to see this year. You played six of the top 11 in 2019. In 2023, Alabama's going to be in the top 11. Georgia's going to be in the top 11. LSU. 
That's it? So half. The top end of the schedule is half as, more, as difficult. Ole Miss I, maybe has a chance if they get red hot that they could, when you play them, they could be around there. A&M um, could A&M, if they get hot and, and win early. some games. We're going to do that thing we do every year. And it's the most tired thing we do with Texas A&M. It doesn't matter how bad they were the year before. We all go look at the recruiting rankings for the previous 40 years. We look at the blue chip ratio. We look at the talent composite. And we say, well, daggum, A&M's the fifth most talented team in America. Let's slot them in on the top eight. We're waiting on it all to come together. That's what we're waiting on. We're waiting on everybody in college football. It, it came together once. Once. It came together once in the year that nobody really counts. Exactly. <laughs> and so that's why we, that's uh, not me in particular, but that's why a lot of people do that is A&M has the talent. We're waiting on it to come together and for them to be a dominant force in the SEC West. The issue is you've got a bad coach who, yes, he can build a roster, especially when he's got all that money. But if he doesn't have a first-round talent at quarterback, they're not that good, save senior year Kellen Mond. If he doesn't have a generational talent at quarterback, he's not elite. He's not. Dude rode the coattails of Jameis Winston. They hired and the, Kelvin Benjamin. They hired the answer in the offseason, Carter. I don't know what you're talking about. They hired the answer in the offseason. If you ever have an issue <laughs> on this planet, the answer should never be. Let's add a little Bobby Petrino to this, to this calculus, to this uh, uh, formula, to this recipe. That'll fix it. The most volatile, um, unlikable person in maybe college football. And we've broken down A&M's schedule. It's brutal, man. It's brutal. New Mexico State, at Miami, ULM, Auburn, Arkansas in the neutral site game there in Texas. Home for Bama, at Tennessee, South Carolina, at Ole Miss, home for State, home for ACU, at LSU. It's not terrible, that's but, not a bad schedule. It's but, really not. You have Bama at home, Auburn at home. Because on paper, Miami should be awful still. You should be better than them. You beat them last year when, when in that game that tricked everybody into thinking A&M was real, and then they both turned out to be trash. You catch Auburn early at home. Yes, and Auburn on paper from last year. If you look at it, 5-7, and seven, they were not a good team. They're going to be wildly different significantly more different than any team from year to year that you're going to see. You get Alabama at home. You took them down to the wire on the road last year. You get Arkansas in that stupid game in Jerry World every year that always is, like, the weirdest game. Like, last year was phenomenal. Was it last year that we had the... That was the I, I don't even know which... I can't recall which side won the game, but the... It was the turnover with the lateral, and the guy takes it to the house, and you then the missed field goal over the upright. Mm-hmm. It was that game last year. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. Like, <laughs> if you you can tell me either one of those teams won that game, I'd be like, yeah, sure. It came okay. down to the craziest Did stuff. Win that game? It, I think so. Oh my gosh! This because those two teams 
were so interchangeable in terms of just being irrelevant last year. It does not matter. Exactly. Their schedule, A&M schedule's not bad. A&M won that game. Did they really? God. I don't remember, honestly. It's one of A&M's five wins. Yeah, that was bad. That was, hmm. but again, they're going to get hype coming into this year. They're going to get some love coming into this year. Their schedule's not horrible, but will they be it? We'll find out. Let's talk about this. Don't tell me A&M's going to be good when they lost to a bad, the worst App State team in 15 years. They lost to Mississippi State. They barely, by pure luck, beat Arkansas. They got beat by Ole Miss, a really awful Florida team, a a South Carolina team that hadn't figured it out yet. They weren't at the end of the year where they got red hot. The worst Auburn team since 2012, I mean, that team's not going to be that much better this year. I don't care what you do. We'll wrap it up on the other side. We've been talking football schedules according to ESPN. We blown past a break again. I know we're we're we just build a reputation at this point. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Don't really have time to take calls, but there's a phone number anyway. We'll give you updates from Hoover when we come back and wrap up the Tuesday edition of On the Line here on ESPN one zero six seven. You are on the line on ESPN one zero six seven. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. All right, wrapping up the Tuesday edition of On the Line. We went long in the last segment, but uh, here giving you an update from from Hoover. Still in a rain delay. Uh, Auburn will see if they play their game tonight versus Missouri. And uh, if they do, we'll talk about it tomorrow. We may talk about it tomorrow if they play tomorrow morning. I guess we'll let you know. Keep up to date on what's going on. In Hoover, we'll talk Auburn baseball tomorrow and hopefully talk about some wins. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.